think about what they did. I mean, they came from Portland last night, lost an hour, you know, and started started a game at 5:30. Um, barely legal by NBA standards to even have a back-to-back like that, and uh, and they came in and kicked our butts. So. Welcome everybody to the Suns on Dunk podcast. We're here again with your host Shams Ahmad. Today we're here uh, with a very special episode with very special guests, uh, Jake Kernansky. Jake, say what's up. What's up? Crispy, Christian Stakowski. Crispy, say what's up. What's up, guys? We also have Nick Tornado. Nick, say hello. What's up? There we go. And you got yours truly, us for today on your podcast today. The last time we saw you guys, the Suns were on a bit of a hot streak, just coming off a win against the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, since then, they have played four games. Um, we've had a win against the New York Knicks. We've also had a loss against the Portland Trailblazers, a win against the best team in the league, uh, the Golden State Warriors. And we also had a loss uh, very recently against the Utah Jazz. So last week we uh, had the Knicks game. Uh, we ended up beating them by 11 points at the end, though the game didn't feel as close most of the time. Um, Devin Booker uh, pregame said it was probably the best he's felt going into a game and uh, predicted a big game for himself, and he did come through, uh, bringing in 41 points for us uh, with that alongside five uh, rebounds, four assists, two steals um, on top of that. DeAndre um, Ayton kind of have a, had a little bit of a quiet game, 10.6 rebounds. Kelly Oubre came through again uh, with another 18 points, a strong showing. Uh, nothing too much more to see. Um, if anything, you know, Mitchell Robinson did, you know, some great things on defense against Ayton and caused Mike caused a little bit of worry, but nothing crazy. Uh, but let's move on um, to the next game, to the Portland Trailblazers game, which we ended up uh, in the final box score, only losing by seven. But anybody who watched that game knew it wasn't ever that close. Um, it was a lot uh, a lot worse than what it looked like. Um, it looked like kind of the Suns we were used to seeing before this nice little you know winning streak, unfortunately. Um, but it wasn't too much we could really look into at that game. It wasn't really a whole bunch of interesting things to look at. Um, it was kind of just one of those bad games, but you know what? It happens, but the game we really want to focus on here, and I know most people want to talk about it and I was kind of, you know, wanted to get on before or right after that game, uh, but we didn't unfortunately get a chance to, um, but that Warriors game, um, kind of thrashed them the whole game. You know, we kept up with them. Uh, well, except for, I mean, for except for the early bit. I mean, we did go down sixteen in the first quarter, but after that, it was like we were taking them on head first. How about that win, you guys? Best win in the past five years. Five, five years. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Uh, so you guys know uh, Nick Tornanu is a very uh, adamant Warriors hater. So I can see why he says that, considering we haven't beat them in five years. So. Crispy, what did you think about the game? Oh, it was good. Everyone contributed. Uh, Kelly came in and had one of his best games, I would say, in the Suns uniform. Uh, same thing with Book. 37, 37 points, 11 assists, 8 rebounds. He was unbelievable. I mean, he was really that number one that we all know he can be. And, um, yeah, pretty much just a good all-around game. We, uh, like you said at the beginning, we, we went down 16 points. Uh, came back, we made a run at the end of the first half to get it really close. Then the third quarter opened, we just kept it going. Um, 
sometime during the fourth, we uh, we went down about I think it was like eight or nine points, and you could really feel that like momentum shifting towards the Warriors. But the guys rallied around, brought it back. So yeah, it was a good all all around win. Yeah, I really thought they could have. You know, a young team like the way we've had this season, uh, the team that we've had this season would have. You know, against the best team in the league. You know, I'm really proud that they didn't just lay down, let them take it. And when that fourth quarter stretch kind of happened, you know, so it was really big. Um, that and on top of uh, that, you know, the result of Kevin Durant going down at the, I believe, 643 mark of the fourth quarter ended up uh, probably playing a huge role. I mean, but it looked as though we had things in, in control for the most part. What do you think about that, Jake? Book closed that game out exactly how you would want him to. And, I mean... They missed shots, and we capitalized on it. You have to get lucky to beat the Warriors, and we got super lucky. Yeah, they were missing a lot. They were bricking everything. Also, like also KD did get injured in the third, too. Third or fourth? It was the fourth. Was the fourth. Yeah, oh, fourth quarter. So I think I believe it was 643 to go, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he came down awkwardly off a jump shot on DeAndre Ayton's ankle and uh, didn't return. Missed the Warriors game uh, this past Wednesday as well. Not the Warriors game, the, uh, the Warriors-Rockets game this Wednesday. Uh, that being said, speaking of DeAndre Ayton, he put together a very uh, thorough game. 18 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. Um, had an eye-popping 19 field goals, field goals attempted. It's kind of new for him. We don't really see him get up more than 15 shots really ever. So it was nice to see they were playing through him, and it looked like they were doing it a lot in the first half. Uh, which they tend to do. Um, what do you guys think about DeAndre's performance? He was he was hitting some some shots that we knew he could hit, but we haven't seen him yet. Like that 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 turnaround in the post over KD that made him like kind of look at him like like who who was that they just made? <laughs> yeah, that I was the video saved. That was, yeah, that was incredible, and we're just we're really starting to see him utilize everything he has, and it's just a great sign. Like you, you can see him starting to get more comfortable on the court. Automatic yeah. in the automatic in the post. That is really seems like it's like when he's on, it really does seem like he like he, once he gets a foot in that pain, he's scoring. And it's so incredible to see a young kid so consistent. I mean, you you kind of expect it out of the number one pick, and a lot of people have kind of just taken it and run with it because they knew oh he's supposed to do it. But it's still good to see you know somebody come in night in night out night out and have that post game look so easy for him uh, because from this point forward, I mean, he's only going to go up so. Um, on top of that, Kelly Oubre, once again, another great game for him. 22 points, 5 rebounds. Um, shot a little better on this night, 9 for 14 shooting. Uh, didn't, uh, thankfully, jack up a whole ton of shots, uh, which he's been known to do kind of recently. Uh, but he was good. Tyler Johnson uh, didn't look pretty on the box score, but, I mean, you guys know how you know Bicky came up defensively in that fourth quarter. So, um, even, I mean, mostly throughout the game, a lot of, I mean, he... He really shut shut down Steph for the most points. Steph went six for twenty for the game. Uh, felt like he was struggling a lot. How do you think uh, the Warriors' woes in general really played into this game? And I think it was a huge part of it for the reason why. I mean, I mean, Steph and Clay missed the more the most shots combined that they ever have. So that's crazy. That definitely gave us a window there to come in and get that game. Yeah, it looks like Clay went ten for twenty two from the field. Steph six for twenty. So. Quite a lot of misses there between the two. It looked like Durant was the only one keeping the minute for a while. 
and uh, then he went down in the fourth quarter. Clay came through a little bit in the fourth quarter. He's playing great defense down the stretch against Devin. Um, I do want to talk about the coaching um, a little bit in that latter half of the fourth quarter um, because I did notice that it seemed like once Booker had that stretch of 11 straight points or nine straight points that he had, um, Igor seemed to throw out the playbook and he kind of just said, Booker, you know, you do your thing. Um, and that's, you know, good confidence to have in Booker, but I'll be honest with you. Um, you saw how well Clay was, you know, playing ISO defense on him and it, we really got stuck a few possessions. What do you guys think? Did you agree with that kind of game plan or did you kind of feel the way I, think, I did? I think Igor was also trying to uh, run out the clock to kill time. Yeah. I mean, that would make sense. I would think so, too. I mean, but he kind of started doing it at the three-minute mark, which I didn't really like. Yeah, and that's something that doesn't really work against the Warriors because they can literally light yeah. you up for 10 points in, like, less than a minute. Exactly. So you don't try to play run out the clock against the Warriors because they're the clock manager. Exactly. Jake, how did you feel about the end of the game? Did you think it was uh, smart to do that, or did you – I mean, we obviously ended up with a win, so that was great, but – I think that we should have kept going to eight. And when we were playing inside out, that's what was working best the whole game. Yeah, that's what I mean about Igor kind of throwing out the playbook. It seems like he kind of forgot what worked early in the game. And he was just like, you know, once Booker started getting going, he thought, okay, we could just keep going to him. But even so, even if Booker's, you know, going off, you shouldn't go away from what kept you in the game the whole time, you know? Yeah. yeah, but that also kind of comes with having a young, sporadic team, you know, a rookie head coach. Yeah, um, well, I sure. should, like Once, like, the experience builds up, you know, you, you start to realize trends and how the game's going. Um, but, yeah, the Warriors game was great. Ended up winning with a four-point victory there. Um, Steph Curry missed a huge clutch shot towards the end. Uh, that would have tied the game, and luckily... Kale also came up huge at the very end with Tyler Johnson on that little yes. combo steal they had. That, that steal was great. Um, Mikel's a top five defender in the NBA. Top five yeah. perimeter. It's. I mean, it's it's start. It's going to be hard to argue soon. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely up there with them. I don't know if I'd call him top five yet, but there's no reason to say he's not. You know, like the only reason I would say he's not yet is because he's and he's got more to prove. Uh, but he's certainly playing at that level, no doubt. So. Let's move on from the Warriors games. Uh, does anyone have any extra thoughts on that? Uh, just one more thing. We already kind of highlighted it, but again, everyone in the Suns, a really good game besides like Troy played like 20 minutes, didn't do much. But um, Josh also had a nice little uh, run that he had. But not not yeah. really him himself, but he really, at the end of the second quarter, that little run we made to make the game close, he was a really big part of that. He was playing good defense, and he was facilitating and all that. So just wanted to give him a nice little shout-out for him. Yeah, Josh has been in this kind of winning streak. He's not really been super dominant in it, but he hasn't been terrible either. Yeah, he's you know, he's making the little winning plays. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's good that he's around. Um, my question for this kind of thing is, like, I mean, it's kind of weird to think about considering he's still out. Um, but where would TJ Warren have fit in this kind of with a, you know winning scheme that we had? Those five games and uh, or five wins in seven games. Would you, do you think he would have helped us even more, or do you think he would have messed it up a bit? It's hard to just think about it and find him minutes. Like I don't know. I've seen people on I was Twitter. Exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. I agree. I've seen people on Twitter, and they say that if we give TJ Josh's minutes, then we're instantly better, but I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, I don't necessarily 
agree with that either, considering they bring such different things to the court. Um, that being said, Dragon Bender has still, you know, had that starting four spot, and he's been having about 15 minutes a game, so likely, if anything, his minutes would have been going towards TJ. Um, but fit-wise, I don't know necessarily if that would have made anything better, per se. Yeah, I feel like having him would have just taken away more of Aiden's touches, which he was already kind of limited in touches. So I really don't know how to feel about that as well. Yeah, it definitely would have taken took away Aiden's touches. Uh, Kelly probably wouldn't have been able to shine as much as he has so far, uh, or at least in the stretch that he has. Um, that on top of it, Mikhail's minutes probably would have gone down a little bit too. Um, so, I mean, I think it's a, it's a thing you got to look at in the offseason if you're um, – James Jones and Suns front office that, you know, did you really even, I mean, he wasn't even there for that five game win streaming, you know, the five games and seven tries uh, that they won. It's like, do you really even need him going forward? No, you could probably use him to go get some uh, other capital, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, let's take that. Let's move it into the jazz game that happened last night. Um, one of those things that was the opposite of the Portland Trailblazers game where you look at the box score and, and think it was close. The Jazz game looked on paper a lot more distant than it actually was. It was a close game throughout. Um, it looked like uh, Quinn Snyder came prepared, if you ask me. Um, he had a really great game plan for this game, and he knew where to attack on offense with these uh, Phoenix Suns that have been so successful over the past week. Um, leading back, we haven't really beat the Jazz anytime recently, so it's not totally surprising, but they did keep us under 100 once again, uh, which is unfortunate. And Donovan Mitchell had a big game, 26 points, five rebounds, two assists on a rather efficient scoring line, 10 for, 10 for 18. Surprisingly. That's, uh, yeah, that's um, probably a huge key to that game and a huge key to the Jazz this season, how it's been going so far, is that he's actually shooting efficiently uh, right now. Um, Rudy Gobert probably was the biggest story of this game, though. Um, absolutely destroying uh, DeAndre Ayton, 18 points, 20 rebounds. Uh, on only nine attempts, it was just mayhem. He held DeAndre Ayton to probably his worst game as a pro. I think we could we could all agree: two points, nine rebounds, on a, a one for nine shooting line, no free throw attempts, which means he was not able to get in there at all. Um, that being said, uh, Booker probably carried most of the weight. Kelly Oubre with eighteen points, Booker with twenty-seven. I mean, there was only so much we could do because when the Suns would get hot, it was when the Jazz retired, and the second Quinn Snyder called for a timeout, put in some higher higher energy guys. They kept making runs to get themselves back into it. Uh, fourth quarter time, it just seems like they just simply outcoached us, and their shots just started to fall from the perimeter, which they weren't really doing the whole game. So, uh, what'd you guys think about the game? Or right, it was like the opposite of the Trailblazers game. We were in it for three quarters, and in the fourth quarter, we just got destroyed on both sides of the court. Yeah, there was a really bad like stretch of that fourth quarter that it was just nonstop getting stops on defense and coming back and nailing a shot in our face, and it was just kind of demoralizing. Crispy, yeah. how'd you feel? Um, I I agree with you. It's kind of like Joe Ingles really start like Joe Ingles was really quiet until he made that three right before the end of the third. That kind of just like lit that spark underneath them for the fourth quarter, and he got hot. Mitchell got hot. Another thing. I kind of highlighted before we started the podcast was how Tyler Johnson was the one guarding Donovan Mitchell, which I I don't really understand that move too much when you have Mikhail and Kelly 
both on the court, and they have Rubio on the court, so it's not like Tyler could have, like, it would have been, like, more of a mismatch if he would have guarded someone else. You could have just stuck him on Rubio, and, you know, you would have been fine. Right. That was in the fourth quarter, so. Yeah, I don't know if that was just Tyler trying to, like, take on the challenge, but, I mean, he didn't. He didn't get absolutely, like, destroyed, but Mitchell still didn't make sense. Like, a little hot, yeah, and he started making those shots down the stretch that kind of just put the game out of reach. Yeah, it looked like Igor was trying different things on Mitchell throughout the game because I saw in the first quarter Kelly Oubre was guarding him for a bit. I saw Mikhail on him when he came in for a little bit. Um, so it wasn't like Tyler was there the whole game, uh, but he was there kind of when it mattered, unfortunately, in the, in the first quarter. And Donovan Mitchell kind of took advantage of that, so... Oh, which really put the game out of reach for us. I mean, the lead at one point was 20, I think 22 for the Jazz, um, which is definitely not how this game went the first three quarters. Um, But, I mean, that's definitely something I noticed was that um, they just kept catching us off guard energy-wise and just play style-wise, and it was kind of hard to watch. Um, Nick, how would you feel about it? Gobert won that game for them. Yeah, he did. He just dominated both sides of the... He didn't have any blocks, but he altered so many shots from us. Yeah, it's because it almost seemed like he made Aiton afraid to shoot over him. Yeah, so. Gobert has to be Aiton's worst matchup. Yeah. Just and in terms of, like, everything. I get it. Mean, he destroyed Gobert last time. Well, not destroyed, but he had, like, 20 and 9. Did he? Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not surprised that Gobert is his worst nightmare, his worst matchup, his worst night kind of matchup, uh, considering how large he is and active he is. Gobert's had a great season. Let's not deny him anything. This guy was probably supposed to make the all-star team, but he didn't. And that led to that whole, you know, dramatic uh, crying sequence. But, you know, who can blame the guy? He was playing great this season. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Aiton's not going to have a great night every night. And uh, we're thankful we haven't seen more of this from him. So um, it's not so much that I blame him. They had a hard time getting him the ball um, this night. Uh, also, I mean, even not only just getting the ball to him, but in good positions, no less. Um, every time, I mean, I think there was t- maybe twice or three times that Booker tried to um, throw the ball over uh, Gobert's head to get to, to get it to eight, and it just wouldn't go. You know, it's it's tough to watch sometimes, but you know, it comes with a growing team and a growing head coach. Igor got mastered or got outclassed by his master. So, yeah, also, I want to give. Go ahead, go ahead, Mumba. I was just going to say, I was going to give a shout-out to Rashawn for that poster on Gobert. Oh, yes, yeah. that was nice. It was uh, not necessarily the most body contact, but you know what? He got it over him, and he got it done. So, Yeah, but I'm not too worried about Dayton's game. I mean, he's going to have yeah. games like that. He's a rookie. All rookies have had games like that, even Trey, even Luca, even whoever. So yeah. I mean, he'll bounce back. I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I mean, like, he's been so consistent that we've been lucky that we haven't really seen this. You know, he's been able to get his little numbers and you know, at least make an impact most of the time. And, yeah, and um, he already acknowledged that he ha- he knows. I mean, you know, he, he yeah, knows he had a bad game, and I he did, wants to get better. So, I really like that from Aiden, how accountable he was on his own. Uh, and he, he always has been. Every time he has a bad game, he always talks about, like, what he struggled about and what he needs to improve and stuff like that. Yeah, there's, he, he, does it, he does it in losses. He does it in wins, too. But he's great. He notes out, you know, what he did right, what he did wrong. He seems to be a great student of the game, at least with the media. He seems to be very on top of what happened and what to say about that kind of thing. It's good to see somebody somebody with that kind of composure at such a young age. Um, So it's good. And like you guys said, I'm not really too worried about it either. It'll happen. Um, But it's no big deal. I mean, we'll get past it. We're a young team. We are pretty terrible right now still. (laughs) 
But, you know, it was fun while it lasted, that win streak. So He'll he'll dominate against uh, the Pelicans coming up uh, on Saturday because Anthony Davis is still on minutes restriction, too. Yeah, that should be good there. What are the next few games, you guys? Remind me here. We have Houston on Friday, and then Pelicans Saturday, Chicago, Chicago Monday, and Detroit next Thursday. Okay, so we got a couple tough games and uh, a couple lesser games. We'll see how that goes. That, um, that Bulls game is going to be fun. A lot of young talent in that game. Yeah, it should be. Bulls coming into Phoenix on Monday, uh, 7 p.m. We got all the young kids in Chicago versus all the young kids in Phoenix. A lot of people were comparing the cores in the offseason. Uh, a lot of interesting arguments there. Um, but we do have a, also a back-to-back coming up tomorrow night, starting against the Rockets in Houston. And then we have the uh, New Orleans Pelicans on Saturday with Anthony Davis on a minutes restriction. A um, couple interesting matchups for DeAndre Aiden with Capella tomorrow night and uh, you know partial AD on Saturday. Uh, what do you guys expect out of him? I feel like Capella is about the same as a Gobert matchup for him. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I feel like it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I think the skill levels between Capella and Gobert vary, but it, just see what Aiden does with that. Uh, it's going to be interesting, um, especially considering Houston doesn't have a Derek Favors next to them. That's also going to be taking up so much paint attention. Um, what do you guys? What would you guys like to see happen with uh, the James Harden assignment? James Harden's going to beat anybody off the dribble, and then Ain's going to help, and Capella's going to get 30 points off of lobs. <laughs> yeah. And then everyone's going to blame Aiden, like always. All right. And then I feel like Chris Paul's going to hurt us from the corners or something randomly. And, but. Yeah, Chris Paul and yeah, Aiden. Uh, Mikel's, Mikel's length could bother Harden, too, though. It could. Um, at the same Harden, time. Likes to, Harden likes to do that step back, too, and shoot over people. He does, but I think if once I think if Harden catches on to the fact that Mikhail is being there with there, he's just gonna go to his normal, uh, you know, uh, you know, draw those foul calls kind of games, you know. Yeah, Mikhail's inexperience might cost him a little bit too. His inexperience and his length, his length might play against him in drawing foul thing with uh, somebody as experienced as doing it with Harden. So we'll see. Though it'll be interesting. As much yeah. I've watched Harden a lot this year, and length bothers him, but. You also have to be really good. Yeah, you got to be really good. You got to be really careful because otherwise, yeah. he gets you in foul trouble. It's 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 the wrap. So, um, especially with us, you know, um, make someone else beat you. Really? Yeah. So honestly, it's gonna be hard to do with James Harden, uh, considering how great of a season he's had. But we'll see how it goes. Um, shout, out AS- shout out ASU. Right. I don't Okay. Thanks. Thanks for that, Nick. We appreciate it. <laughs> um, all right. So we got Rockets, Pelicans, and Bulls. A three-game stretch. So let's get some predictions going. I'm thinking we're gonna lose to the Rockets. Um, I think we'll beat the Pelicans probably. I think the Bulls are gonna make us look bad somehow. And we're gonna go one and two in that stretch. So what about you guys, Crispy? Give it to me. Um, I'm going to say, I think we lose against the Rockets because I think Harden is just going to be too much for us, kind of like we just talked about. Um, Pelicans, kind of on the fence also, but for some reason, it kind of seems like we've just been struggling against the Pelicans as of late. Like, mm-hmm. it just seems every time we just go in there and get outplayed. So, I'm going to say 0-2 on that one, and then say the Bulls come into town. I think we'll win that game, but it'll be a close one, and we'll get to see, like, what, like Nick mentioned earlier, the young stars and see what they could do. 
for sure. Nick, what do you think in the three-game stretch? What do you got? I think we lose to the back-to-backs against the Rockets and the Pelicans. I do think we beat the Bulls. All right, so same as Crispy there. Okay. Uh, Jake, what you got? We're going to beat the Bulls because I'll be there. Oh, we got And a... we're, we're going 3-0. We're going 3-0. <laughs> okay, all right. We got all three. There we go. We got flex, but okay. Yeah, strange, strangely enough there. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, all right, guys. I think we're going to wrap up this episode here. Thanks again for, to Sons Undone Podcast. Your host, Shams Mahal, signing out here. Goodbye, everybody. Have a great night.